welcome. Please stand by. As a child, I was raised in the wild. Which doesn't mean my parents were wolves or bears. It just means there was no television. So my level of focus on culture is very minor. And this is how I grow up. Until time allows me for moving away. And so began my quiet system of deprogramming. And personal choices are made. Inner freedoms are found. And the metamorphosis completes itself one day during football season. The moment after my driver's license gets verified and I step over that threshold of a unique habitat, a place known for its violence against intellect and the unapologetic debauchery of statistics, a place commonly known as the sports bar. And the moment I sit down on the stool covered in faux factory animal skin, which creates its own heat signature, something begins to shift in me. A long forgotten feeling of hunter and prey flowing through my veins the way beer flows through a tap. And as I put the golden carbonated nectar to my lips, my heart picks up its pace and a low Viking growl begins deep from within. I yell, but only because everyone else is. At first, I'm hesitant. Everyone is so committed. Necks craned up at the big screens. Spittle from their mouths. Hatred in their eyes. But once you realize the person in the striped shirt isn't on a team, just there to enforce the rules, you can jump right into the pool of mob mentality, knowing they're fair game. And everything gets really good. I start shouting things about sides that are off, and every once in a while a scream about interceptions, which either leads to everyone jumping up or everyone punching a wall, as if someone just murdered their favorite family member. And the minutes turn to hours, but time really has no effect, except in quarters and glasses of beer, which for me happen to be 10. And now I make a connection that mostly everyone in the bar is wearing the same costume as the ball catcher. Now it's clear, I get it. It's all about team and unity. Because even though the people in the bar are yelling at the people on the glass screen, and even though the people on the glass screen will never reciprocate any of this energy, the screaming people will still wear that costume of that person on the glass screen, most likely to fill some void in their lives. Suddenly all commotion stops and the costume teams leave the field and everyone in this bar goes into various directions. It's here I begin to cry and I get scared, sensing there's a potential end to our communal worship. But this is also when my survival instinct kicks in and I won't let this moment go. And I reach over the bar. There's a ball sitting in a container with scribbles all over it. Something says Super Bowl, maybe. I don't know, my vision is blurred. But I take it out of the case and kick it so it crashes through the roof window. 
and I try to take control of the situation, lead everyone in a cheer. But most people are too distracted, clearing tiny fragments of glass out of their hair and eyes from the broken skylight. And suddenly that emotional rush is back in the air again. It happens somewhere between the bouncers grabbing me for trying to tackle people and my face hitting the concrete sidewalk outside. And just as one eye begins to close from the puffiness, a few swerving people from inside join me. And I see that ball I kicked, and I grab it and run at them. I simply adapt as I always do. And there are newly cracked windshields as cars become defensive linemen, taking out some of my newfound teammates as they roll heavily concussed into the gutters. But so what? We are doing something here, scratching the itch that needed to be stabbed. And I come to the realization, a sport could be anything. And as my last teammate is taken out by the sudden opening of a SUV door, and the ball rolls into oncoming traffic, exploding under the force of a garbage truck tire, I'm ready for more. More people, less rules. Smiling at the world through blood-soaked teeth, I see a person strolling along, walking their dog and talking on the phone, and they look unhappy across the street like they've missed out. And because I know how launching full force into another person looks on large screens, I think, why not? And so that happens. And for a moment, while blocking off the arterial spray from dog teeth and plate glass, I think how if players could launch themselves through store windows instead of on a grass field, how much it might just add a whole new dynamic to the game. And so as most people around me are waiting on an ambulance, I backtrack a little, approach random people to get them riled up. But it seems most just like the sport of running away. So I climb a street lamp to see if I can recruit a few new players. And the world has this fun-loving spin to it. And I scream for joy when I see two officers of the law heading my way to play. And even when the electric bolts hit my chest, I'm pretty sure we could have gotten something going before I hit the ground. And so, coming to, in the back seat of a car, handcuffed and staring out the back window, I recognize the whole picture. I can see that it's all just a rite of passage. Even when your hair disappears, or your belly swells, and your butt drops, you will never be judged as some post-pubescent lost child. Not in one of these places. It's okay, friends. It's okay to release that last gasp of testosterone to large screen TVs in a vinegar wing-smelling cauldron sharing your communal angst and joy in friendship lasting only four quarters. Because we all know, whether it's school, or a job, or filling in an awareness deficit like me, you will all do your own battle with reality come Monday morning. So in the end, it's okay to act like an imbecile if you make your entire world into a sports bar.
This has been an episode of the Flypaper Podcast. Music provided by Black Ferns at blackfernsmusic.com. Please help elevate this podcast. Leave a review. Until next time, stand by. <laughs>